podcast presented by Chicago for Real, as you saw in that lovely graphic. Coming at you live from two bedrooms in a basement, two in Illinois, one in Arizona. You guys can guess we discussed one of these last week. Hey, Kevin, you want to turn your screen off in the background, dude? We're trying to be professional oh, here. Oh, snap. I didn't even know that was on. This oh, man's got a whole shit. security tape. Like, what are you – what is going on? So I, I got I, I got what? Security tape? Ke- what Kevin's you- got, like, security footage of, like, a commercial warehouse going over there. There was about 70 different boxes on that screen monitor. Oh, oh, that, anyway. oh that was uh, – okay. They're, like, artist covers. Like, there's a screensaver you can have on your Mac that shows, like, album covers on iTunes. I don't know, dude. Okay? I don't know. <laughs> It's not my. Thank you, thank you for that very thorough breakdown. That was fantastic. Well, you were concerned uh, that I was okay. spying on people or something, so I had to clear no, my no, name. No, 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 no. I was saying that you had like, sec- you know how like in movies where they have the one security guard in that lonely booth, the guy who's always like eating yeah. and watching TV yes. or something. Yeah. A screen like that where you got you're like you're supposed to be watching mm-hmm. the hallways or something, and you're not like that because you're a stooge. Um. Anyway, I would like to uh, before we get to Chris, Kevin's not short. Um, this was a revelation that we discovered recently, and by we, I mean me. Um, I not to brag, I'm 6'2, and Kevin's basically even with me, which I was not expecting. Uh, Kevin was giving off extreme 5'5 five, five energy. <laughs> <laughs> I don't understand what that I'm means. Kidding. That's mean, that's mean, but I did think you were a little bit shorter, you were about my height. Very interesting. Um, anyway, Chris has decided to shave his head, that's something we need to address. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, got to switch it up, keep them on their toes, you know, um, okay. you know, it, well, you look great. It, it's also really hot in Arizona. So Is it? Uh, people forget that Man. people forget that. Um, there's nothing to say about me because I'm perfect as we all know, but anyway, we know this we is know, Nation Pod- I was really well, expecting well, well, real Kevin quick. to have we, a comeback. Well, <laughs> let's, well, let's talk about, you know, there's, so there's the softball league in the media here that mm-hmm, we do. Mm-hmm. Chicago for real, you know, Chris is in Arizona, so he can't play on the Chicago for real team led by Justin Kaufman. Jake Hassan works at WGN. So he's being a trader and is playing with WGN. And we uh, here at Chicago for real, myself, Justin, a few others played against six to any of the score. Absolutely slaughtered them. But on the other field across me is one Jake Hassan swing and missing multiple times at the dish. Um, the unimpressive performance from Jake Hassan mm-hmm. there, despite his six-two stature, the amount of time he spends in the weight room, I was expecting mm-hmm. a bomb shot at some point, um, but we didn't see it. So maybe we're grateful that Jake is not a part of the Chicago Faria softball team. But it's you know, we Points we could use your made. energy. We like your energy mm-hmm. and your personality. We could use some of that on the bench for sure. Yeah, that's yeah, the first cool. time somebody says they've been a fan of my personality, but we'll take it. <laughs> Oh, no, but, you know, as people know, I, I was just in there, man. I wish I could have been there. I was like, damn, man. I know. I know. Come in, guest appearance for one game. Yeah. Yeah. I, pinch I pitch, pitch hitter. Pinch hit yeah. dinger. Water rules. <laughs> um, people forget I was a state golfer, so that's why I'm a little rusty on the baseball know. field. It happens. Um, Fair enough. Anyway. So that was about five minutes of this show wasted on absolutely nothing. Um, so we've lost probably all of our viewers at this point. But for those of you that are still here, we appreciate you. And let's talk about some bear stuff. We're going to do some games. We're going to introduce some new stuff, have a little fun. But first, let's talk about minicamp. And boys, I don't think <laughs> the whatever the limit is for a fan base to be excited or hyped up about Throws made on a back <laughs> practice field in shorts and no pads. The Bears fan base has just absolutely busted through whatever se- whatever limit that was, whatever the cap was on that, gone. Obliterated to pieces, for gone forever. Um, because this Bears fan base is just absolutely stoked about every Justin Fields pass, every Justin Fields handoff, Justin Fields stretching out the hammies on the practice field. Bears Twitter was eating up every bit of Justin Fields content they could get last week and over the weekend of him on the practice fields at Hallis Hall. And I just think it really, really speaks to how starved this fan base is of a true face of the franchise quarterback, a true person to get behind that can really represent the Chicago Bears and what they're doing. And it feels damn good. Feels yeah. damn good. Yeah. No, it, it, I mean – like we, 
we we've talked about it. We've talked about it. Like people are people feel this is the change that the Bears needed. People feel like this is the guy to lead us forward. And you know, you just can't blame Bears fans for being happy. Like you just can't. Um, if you're if, listen, if you're a football fan that's a non-Bears fan, um, just know Bears fans are not going to quiet down anytime soon. Um, just just something to remember for later because. I mean, we're excited. Everybody's excited. The city's excited. Like, it, I love it, man. I love it. It's a great feeling right now. I, I think, you know what I mean? Like, it, it's just, it feels different. It feels different. It does feel different because, I mean, traditionally, every time you draft a first-round quarterback, you will generate excitement because it's somebody fresh, it's somebody new, and they provide promise, right? I mean, we were all a little bit doubtful about Mitch Trubisky in 2017, but you saw the throws he made in in rookie minicamp and in training camp, and people got excited about that, right? Yeah, the lack thereof. But there were some, and there were there were some things that got people excited for sure. You know, it's always going to happen regardless. But when Chris talks about it feeling different, like it is noticeably different, and it's just the reaction from it. And quite frankly, it's not just the reaction; it's the fact that apparently he was looking really good in rookie minicamp. And yes, is it only rookie minicamp? Sure. But the the feedback that we got from the media, you know, they close these practices. The media can't even tweet during the practice can't post videos during the practice if they do want to post a video they can post it the day after for only 24 hours then it must be deleted i mean the amount of secrecy going on at house hall is beyond ridiculous but from what we've heard i mean justin fields looks like an absolute polished pro there is the story about i don't know i don't know who it was it might have been newsome or another receiver ran the wrong route immediately Justin Fields runs up to him tells him what he did wrong I mean that those are the kinds of things where you didn't see that with Mr. Trubisky you don't see that with the majority of the rookie quarterbacks in their first week of camp like it, you just don't see those things so you're going to see these throws and you're going to see all these different things and people are going to get excited and it's oh you know the throws are great okay Zach Wilson's doing the same thing in New York Trevor Lawrence is probably doing the same thing in Jacksonville when it comes to those out route throws for 10 yards Who's going up to the receiver when they run the wrong route and telling them what they did wrong? Not many people. So that's what I think is separating Justin Fields. And you're going to start to see that more and more, that mental aspect of the game, that leadership aspect of the game that a lot of these other guys lacked and, and what sep- separates him from all the others, all the rest. Sorry. I, w- <laughs> I want to circle back to what you said about just you brought up Mitch Trubisky, obviously, the last time we had a rookie quarterback that we were trying to get excited about and trying to get behind um, despite mm-hmm. the controversy around the trade and whatnot. The very first and, you know, anything that you read last week or over the weekend from whether it be friend of the show, uh, Adam Hogue, whether it be somebody at the Athletic, whether that be Pompeii or Fishbane or whoever, anybody, almost every single article you read referenced Mitch Trubisky's first rookie minicamp. Well, his only rookie minicamp because he was only rookie once, but Mitch Trubisky's rookie minicamp and his for one of the first plays, if not the first play, was a fumbled snap. Almost yeah. every single article yeah. referenced that. Yeah, And I didn't even remember that until I read it. It was probably blocked in the deep, deep recesses of my brain. But, you know, the, the fact that every single writer almost led their pieces over, about camp with that and then said, Justin Fields, meanwhile, came in and commanded, like Kevin said, referenced the, told the receiver what went wrong and what they could have done better and it had command of the line. It, it's obviously we knew it was going to be more or less night and day with Justin Fields and Mitch Trubisky. We knew that was going to happen. We were expecting this. Yeah. But just reading about it, I mean, and I said this to someone a couple of days ago, this is the first time that I went out of my way to read every single Bears article, everything from The Athletic, everything from Hogue, everything I could get my hands on about Justin Fields, about camp, in case somebody had a quote that the other didn't use or a, a viewpoint that somebody else didn't use. You know, it's the first time in probably – two years, maybe three that I've gone on my way and be like, I, I need, I need all of it. Give me all of it. Just feed it right to me. I want it all right in front of my eyeballs. First time in a long time. And granted it's rookie minute camp. Everybody's on Justin Fields. It was the same basic five opinions, you know, regurgitated and rewarded, you know, and shout out to Hogue. His 10 things from mini camp was incredible. It always is. Um, he spent some time on the other rookies, but you know, Justin Fields <laughs> through one weekend of practices, two of which the head coach wasn't even there. Looks great. <laughs> he looks good. Looks, looks pretty good. So I am excited for when OTAs open and when the, and, you know, the veterans get there and they start mingling as a team. Uh, I think there's a class on the grass is next with the veterans. 
That's fine. I'll do the same thing. I will eat it all up. I will see how Andy Dalton and Justin Fields react, uh, interact with each other. I'll see what the offensive linemen do together. Like I'm all in. Like it's, I want it all. I want it all neatly in a binder if I can get it, please. And I'll just flip through it. I'll take it everywhere with me. I don't care. Like, it's just, it's, it's hard not to be excited. And everyone's saying, you know, oh, it's, it's minicamp, it's minicamp. But even from, and again, to all these pieces that were written, every single one referenced, he just looks the part. 6'3", mm-hmm. he's 215 plus, 220 plus, and he just, he looks the part. And, you know, and, and the couple of videos you saw of him just looked so into it. It looked like a fun guy that you want to get behind. So I'm rambling at this point, but it's hard not to be excited. Yeah, yeah, it's, man, like, I, and I think this kind of goes back to another thing that, we, that we've been talking about. Like, Justin Fields has been there. You know, he's been there. He's done that. And I think him going over um, to that wide receiver and, and you know, trying to just get on. I think the- it was I think it was Des. I'm almost positive. It was, was it. I don't remember reading that. I don't, I'm not I'm not 100 percent sure. Who, Regardless, whoever that rookie receiver was, I think that really says a lot about his re- leadership, like a ton about his leadership. Um, you know what I mean? Like we've seen that, though, but it's just good to see it like now that, you know, he's on the Bears. Mm-hmm. happening now with, with you know the bears so well that's you you talk you speak to a bigger point when you say like we we've heard about these things and we've heard about what he's able to do but now let's actually see him do it and all the time under mitch trubisky and quite frankly a lot of rookie quarterbacks i mean throughout the scouting process like these guys were all, all of them are talented in college even guys who get drafted in the second third round like they all have talent and skills that you expect to see at the nfl level and very few of them can exhibit all of those skills you know early on especially in a rookie camp but at all in the nfl so to see those things kind of come to fruition, I mean, we were told for years that Mitch Trubisky was going to figure things out, that he was going to be more of a leader, you know, and we were, we were being fed that year after year, and it, it just never came. So to see these things that we're hearing about a particular quarterback come to fruition from the jump, like that in itself should excite a lot of people because that's rare. It's rare to see these things, and quite frankly, as Bears fans, we should know that we keep telling ourselves with the previous quarterbacks in history that they're going to figure it out. And, you know, this is the offseason where things are going to be made happen. This is the year that he figures out this aspect of the game. We've waited and waited and waited for those things to come true. It appears we don't have to wait for Justin Fields. He's already got it, and he's exhibiting it from the day he entered Hallis Hall. That is special, and that's why you hear these kinds of words thrown around when we talk about Justin Fields, and those are not words we throw around lightly. I mean, you don't call the average quarterback special. I mean, I wouldn't even call Zach Wilson special, aside from a throw he made at Pro Day that got millions of views. Aside from that, what makes him so special? Like, there's reasons to believe that Justin Fields is the most special quarterback in this class, and it goes beyond the X's and O's, and that's what's so exciting. So to see him, you know, put it on display now is great. And then Jake hinted at it when you're talking about the veterans coming in. Guys, I'm going to break a prediction here. You you know, I think Ian Rappaport went in Parkinson Spiegel uh, two days ago and said 5% chance Justin Fields starts week one. Okay, you can believe that all you want. You can be fed whatever Ian Rappaport's telling you. I can guarantee you that number is higher, first of all. There's no well, way it's 5%. It could be It could be that right now. He didn't say yeah, okay, right, so it's 5% it could be. and it's going to stay 5%. It could no, be 5% but see, right that's now. my prediction is that it could be 5 If it is 5% right now, it's at least 50% in three weeks when once they start. Because you're going to start seeing reports. Justin mm. Fields ahead of the curve. Justin Fields comparatively. Like you have to make that comparison because right now he's matched up against only one person. That's himself. Once he starts getting matched up in this competition against Andy Dalton and people are able to evaluate against somebody else and the evaluation is Justin Fields is up here and Andy Dalton's down here then that number can't it's got to go up like you're going to start to realize these things but people can't people can't realize that we have no information because he's only competing against himself right now so all the prediction I'm making is once Andy Dalton comes in Dallas Hall and the media and everybody's there seeing both of them against each other you're going to start to see a lot of people talking hey this guy is ready. He's more prepared, and he should be the guy come week one. So, do do you think he starts week one? Yes, he does. I I, I think he does, and we're gonna have this conversation a million times before September. We've already had it twice. We we're gonna have it again. It's we not gonna stop, but. We're going to keep having it because of what keeps happening. Like, yeah. he's going to make something happen. There's going to be a report, and that conversation is going to come up, and rightfully so. But as of today, although Ian Rappaport says 5%, although Matt Nagy seems adamant, things are going to change once you get both guys in the building, once they compete against each other, and he is going to start week one because of that competition, if it really is a competition. Yeah, 100%. This is like, 
if it is a competition, I just I and as each day goes on, the more I'm starting to believe like there's just no way Dalton beats Fields in a QB competition. If it really does go down that route, though, but like what if it's something that they've kind of already made up their minds on? Like, all right, we're going to start Dalton until Fields is ready. You know what I mean? Like, that's the tricky part. That's the real tricky part. And I, and I want to reference Hoag's 10 things piece again because – and this makes me feel pretty good. Hoag agrees with me that what <laughs> I said a couple weeks ago about you throwing him out there against Aaron Donald, is that really how you want to start it? And I know Kevin's point is, okay, then you get Miles Garrett in week three, so whatever. That's Chris's point, yeah. But, but. Or Chris's point, but – and I know, but really week one, right off, like, and I made this point a couple of weeks ago and, and Hogue referenced it and, you know, maybe Hogue was referencing me. I don't know. He, he's it's been on possible. the show. Um, but, you know, it's way easier for a rookie quarterback, a guy who is as highly touted as Justin Fields, go in, get feet wet against Cincinnati, easier game. All right, then deal with Miles Garrett, you know, instead of being like, here's Aaron Donald, dude. Like, you know, I, I just think that's, the, and, and I agree to that. If you want to hear this argument, we made it, what, two weeks ago? I think it might have even been last week. It was probably both. But, um, no, I, I think to circle back to what Kevin was saying about the 5% thing, I think that's totally possible. I think I think you're exactly right. People are going to say he's ahead of the curve. He's learning the playbook. He's got the grasp of everything. And, and Nagy even talked about, like, his mental game is there. You know, there his mental game. He's he's got to get that first, and he's shown the signs of doing that. And obviously, there's the leadership thing. So it's just a matter of okay. And, and if he builds, you know, if he built, gets out there, the veterans come in. He's got a chemistry right away with Aaron Allen Robinson and Darnell Mooney, and he's already it seems like he has a connection with Daz Newsom. It's going to be hard to argue against that, especially if Dalton does struggle to build that same chemistry. I mean. It's going to be interesting. I do believe – I believe Rapport that it's at 5% right now as of this day, May 19th, the yeah. 2021. I believe that. I believe it's 5% right now. We haven't seen yeah. the kid work with the veterans. And like no. Kevin said, in three weeks, four weeks, that's probably – it's probably a coin flip. Probably. I complete, yeah. I would completely believe that. I think Nagy's going to you know, push this rhetoric of, all right, we're taking it slow, we're taking it slow, we're taking right. it slow. He will. And, and he will even through practices because you can say, oh, you know, Andy's still learning the offense just like Justin, blah, 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 blah. And then, you know, one, two, three games under the belt, Dalton's still not getting it. You know, they start one and two or 0 oh and three even. Those those cries get louder. And then eventually you got to be like, all right, it's game time. It's go time. There's been so much pressure from the fan base, man. Like, oh, yeah. Like, oh, my God, man. I just – Bro, like, Andy Dalton, if Andy Dalton is somehow the starter week two in Cincinnati, even if he wins week one, they'll boo him. I I, I, I would I could see them booing him. I could see them booing him. This is how passionate this fan – look, Bears fans are ruthless. We know that. I, I, if, if he wins, I don't think that. If they beat L.A. If, if they has, beat L.A., maybe if, not. If they if beat L.A., there's, there's no way. Okay. Even, if, even if he plays okay, just an average enough. game. You know, like Fair enough. because oh, because here's the thing, we we think this because of you know the Glennon situation. It was easy to boo Mike Glennon. Yeah. It was so easy because even though he hadn't gotten a shot as a starter, there was a sample size there. You knew he wasn't going to be very good, and we've talked about this before. Andy Dalton's been there, done that, been a playoff quarterback. Like I, I think it's going to be even if he loses to LA, I think this fan base, yes, they want Justin Fields. But I don't think they're going to boo Andy Dalton just to boo Andy Dalton. Like I think they know. I I think most <laughs> most most of these fans know that Andy Dalton is a guy that can win you games. Once he starts, like I think if he has a terrible game week two against Cincinnati, I think if he's struggling, then they'll boo him. I don't yeah, think they'll boo yeah. him out of the gate. I I don't think Andy Dalton will be booed just because Justin Fields is on the roster right now. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like right. him being I'm bad. Is only like, hey, Justin Fields plays sooner now. Like, you know what I mean? <laughs> I think so. Fair enough. Like, it, it's I, – I think I think the best thing that could have happened to Andy Dalton was the Bears bringing in Justin Fields. I'm not even kidding. Like, from the, from the fans' perspective, from the fans' perspective, like, if he stunk it up and Justin Fields is not on the Bears. <laughs> that's, that's fair enough. I see what you mean. Absolutely destroyed. But now it's like – it's all right. You, you did your job, Dalton. Let's get. See, I, I even think that might not be true. I think I think this fan base will, would go after Nagy and Pace in that scenario first. You think in what scenario? Could, could, if, if in, in the scenario that in the scenario that Dalton, there was no Justin Fields, 
and Dalton like, Stump. Well, oh, that's true. Is, like, I, is, you know, kind and, of. And I think, and I think even with Fields, I think even if Dalton does stink, I think they're booing Nagy. They're, no, I think they'd be booing Nagy no to put the kid in. Well, Come true, on. true, true. If, not, if that's completely, but partially. Yeah. Like, I, I would think you yeah. would be yeah. booing Nagy. Hey, man, get the kid in there. Dalton's yeah. clearly not it. You know what okay, I mean? Okay, yeah, I see what you're saying. Like, like I just think this fan base, after the last few seasons, is much more inclined to be angry at Matt Nagy and Ryan Pace, especially because yeah. all that time leading up to the draft, our show, other shows, uh, you know, other writers, other show hosts were saying, don't be mad at the players, be yeah. mad at ownership. Be mad at the management. Be mad at the coach because those are the people in charge. Those are the people who are not getting it done all the way up until the draft. Then obviously things flipped very quickly because they got Justin Fields. But you know, you know what I mean. I think this fan base has had that drilled into their heads at this point because they had it drilled in their heads from the playoff loss all the way up until the draft. Like, hey, these guys aren't doing their jobs. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah that, that's a great point. I didn't think about it like that. I take back what I said. Take back what I said. <laughs> Attaboy. Good job. <laughs> And, and um, one more point, one more point about this topic too, because I, I feel like I, I just don't understand. Like there's, to me, it's binary to me. There, there there's, I, I don't know. I, I feel like the people sometimes view it as this way. Either you start them from the jump or you set them like Rogers and Mahomes. Right. And then, and, and like, I, I want him to start from the jump, but it seems like those are the only two options for me because what evidence do you have that, Say Justin Herbert. I mean, Tyrod Taylor played what two games? Three? Well, until well, he got injured? Tyrod Taylor had a catastrophic injury. Too, I know, so. I know he had an injury. But what I'm saying is like, I don't know if we have evidence to believe that a player sitting for four games is really going to do anything for his career. I mean, we've about eliminated the scenario where Justin Fields sits all year, right? I mean, let's eliminate that. Let's get yes. that out of here. I, I Not going to happen. That. You can't compare the situation to Mahomes to Rodgers, it's just not the same when you look at the system and the quarterback and, and the history of it. Okay. But to me, like, I don't, I can't, I don't like take Mitch Trubisky for an example. Did he gain anything from sitting four games? And yes, it's Mike Lennon. And we've been over this before, but that was the same ideology. Sit four games, you know, let's sit and, you know, understand the system until you're ready. And okay, Mike Lennon stinks it up. You're ready. Let's throw you in. Oh, you know, look how his career ended. And you could, I mean, there's a bunch of examples. Like, I just don't think that we have enough evidence to believe that. Four games, if that's our choice number, because yeah. that appears to be sp- the average number that people want to choose. Four games or three or five, somewhere in that range, that sitting those amount of games is going to be conducive to his future success as a quarterback. It just doesn't make any sense to me. And it's like, again, we're talking about like this conversation. You have to direct it towards the kind of player we're talking about. If we were talking about a different player who's not mentally prepared, not physically prepared, not, you know, hasn't played in the biggest moments before, like a Mitch Trubisky and those kind of things, maybe those conversations can be more reasonable. But with this particular quarterback, Kyler Murray started week one, I believe, didn't he? That's a question. Yeah, I don't, I, I don't yeah. think. I don't. I, who would have first, been his competition? Josh Rosen? First overall pick is no. going to start week one. No, no he, they got, got rid of, he they got rid of Rosen. They got, they yeah. got rid of him beforehand, right? Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's just, you know, what would be interesting, actually, what one of you should do real quick is, or I'll do it, is look up when Russell Wilson first started, uh, you know, his situation. I, I think he did out of camp as well. Yeah. I yeah, so, I mean, he point. did. He, he beat, he, he beat, he beat out. out. Yeah. yeah. So well, there we go. I mean, this is like, you know what I'm trying to say yeah, here? Like, that, that just, yeah, just to piggyback off, I, I, I know exactly where you're heading. Like, it, it's. There's no no two situations are the same when it comes to rookie quarterbacks. There's no mm-hmm. right way to do it. And I think, you know, all the QBs that come into the league are just different in their own way. Some are going to be quicker. Some are going to be – it's going to take a little bit longer. And that's just the way it's going to be. And I think – Kyler you, Murray did start week one, by the way. He did, you said? Yeah. Yeah, it was first overall pick he had to. Well, like, I, I see what you're saying, Kevin. Like, we're using what we know about Justin Fields to mm-hmm. get to this specific situation. Because, like, that's the thing. There is no right way to do it. And I think that's where the, you know, differing opinions comes in. It's like, you know, like, some guys may need to sit. Some guys may not need to. Some guys need to well, sit. E- even, like, the comment that just popped up, Tua, the Dolphins, though, chose to, with that hip and ankle injury, they chose to take it slow with them. Like, they t- chose to be cautious. Yeah. So, you yeah. know, you, you get situations like that. Um, I believe we mean Joe Burrow, or I don't know if there's a Ryan Burrow that we're missing, but um, no, but yeah, every situation is different and everything's going to be different. The bears are committed to this Andy Dalton experiment, even for a little bit. So 
we'll see what happens. I, I think Kevin's right. He's going to start at some point. He's going to come in in relief probably at some point and then start the next following weeks. Um, what I don't want, and I think what we can all agree on this is, I don't want a Dolphin situation where, okay, it's, it's Fitzpatrick. Okay, it's Tua. Okay, no, it's Fitzpatrick. Okay, no, it is Tua. Okay, actually, we are ending the season with Fitzpatrick. Like, that's not going to help anybody. And I think yeah. that's why a lot of people you see are skeptical about Tua now because they're like, all right, what does this dude got? Is is he good enough to start? Is he not good enough to start? Did he lose out to Fitzpatrick? Was it a coaching decision? I don't know. So pick one lane and go with it. I'm fine with them going saying, all right, Dalton now, Dalton week one, and then taking it from there. Just don't flip-flop. Just don't yeah. do it week to week. If you go yeah. to fields, you got to stick with fields, whenever that may be. Yes, 100%. percent that, that This offense needs a certain rhythm. Mm-hmm. Um, needs a certain concept. We saw we saw it last year. What happens yeah, when you flip flop all the time? It, it's like it's just that that just if you're ever doing that, your team is not in a great spot. That's right. you know what I mean. Like that's <laughs> never. That's, the Dolphins were in the playoff race for a little bit, but I, I were, for the most part, for the yeah. most part, yeah, they were. They were um, oh no, they were very much in it. Yeah, they, they had a good defense though that was creating a lot of turnovers. Um. One, a couple more things I want to hit on from rookie minicap. Tevin Jenkins continues to be a media darling. (laughs) He just continues to be a a, a completely likable guy who is just, you know, his Twitter game is off the charts. He's hilarious. Yeah. And then he sits down in front of the media and he's, he's awesome. He's charming. He's going back and forth with reporters. He's been here a week. So, I mean, he's great. And uh, something that I want to pick out that he said, he's already talking to Cody Whitehair. Fantastic. That's, yeah. you know, one of your leaders of the offensive line, a guy who's, you know, flipped positions a lot and a guy who has been here for a long time. So I, that's great. And it's kind of like one of those things where you like to see the gelling already. And that's only one example we've heard. There's probably been more, um, you know, there's probably been more. I think, Des, you know, Daz Newsom talked about how he's heard from some guys, uh, including Mooney. Darnell Mooney. So, mm-hmm. you know, it, it's it's one of those things where you like to see this team gelling. Obviously, you know, Tevin Jenkins is probably going to be a starter on the left side. He's probably going to be your starting left tackle. So, yeah. you know, credit to Cody Whitehair for realizing the situation, being like, okay, we got to get this guy up to speed quickly, um, which I'm sure Justin Fields and Andy Dalton both appreciate. So um, that's good. Daz Newsom, friend of the program. He had that connection with Fields. We touched on that. Um, I want to talk about Graham, though. I want to talk about Thomas mm. Graham for a second because, uh, you know, Hogan, a couple of the writers, touched on him, said he made some plays and he looked sharp. And and I didn't know this connection existed, but one of his old coaches at Oregon is also a member of the Vic Fangio tree, which Sean Desai, the defensive coordinator of the Chicago Bears, was a, a product of the Vic Fangio coaching tree. And Graham gave a quote. He said, a lot of these concepts are the same. A lot of these things are familiar. I am familiar with a lot of them. Just the wording might be a little bit different. The titles might be a little bit different, but I know them for the most part. Chris, Mm. you said that you thought Thomas Graham was a potential first round pick a couple of years ago. And he slid because of opt out and maybe not making as many flashy plays. So he slid to the sixth round. This kid turns into a steal that that he might be. I mean, (laughs) You need a nickel corner. You need yeah. one. Or maybe even a number two corner because you, you don't really know what you have in Duke Shelley and Kendall Wilder and Artie Burns and uh, Trufant. But, I mean, if Thomas Graham comes in and is a is a contributor even, I don't even think – he doesn't have to be the starter. If you want to rotate mm-hmm. him and Shelley and Wilder through the nickel spot, let's say Trufant or Burns or whoever steps up and takes that second corner spot, that's huge. I mean, yeah. we, we all know – look what Bryce Callahan did. And Callahan was undrafted. Yeah, undrafted mm-hmm. was a staple as the as the slot corner, as the nickel corner, and then when it got paid, and it, it hurt when he left. So if Graham can be a guy that comes in and he's comfortable, he's already ahead of guys like Burns and Trufant. You know, if he's familiar with these concepts already, he's ahead of these guys, these veterans already. Which yeah. I mean, this is a guy who once had a first round grade. Yeah, hundred percent. Like I, I just I it keeps playing in my head like. If Thomas Graham doesn't opt out of this 2020 season, he's not a Chicago Bear right now. That's how I look at it. Like he's he's not. He's not. He's he's a second round pick if he plays this year at worst. Jesus. Wow. In my opinion. I genuinely think he's that good. 
Genuine. I, I don't even want to get too ahead of myself. No, I'm going to get ahead of myself. If if Thomas Graham becomes a not even a starter, like Jake mentioned, a contributor year one, Justin Fields plays this year. You can at the end of the year by January of 2022, I think you could stamp this down as the best draft class in Bears history. I mean, if if Justin and obviously it is largely skewed by the weight of the quarterback position and what that means. But, hey, that's football, and that's the most important position on the field. It's also the most important position of all of sports. So, yes, it's rightfully weighted heavily towards that. But, I mean, you're if Daz Newsom is actually a contributor like people believe he is, and he showed out in minicamp another one of those guys who people – you know, we're really impressed with just his route running and his abilities on the field. And then Thomas Graham gets in there. Like, I'm sorry. And Tevin Jenkins plays well. It's the best draft class in Bears history after one year. And I know that's going to sound like a reach. I know it's going to sound crazy, but that's what having an, a, a quarterback, me having a, a an incredible quarterback means. But then you look at those late round value picks that Paces traditionally, you know, you know, wrote himself on. on, then that's it. So hit on. So yeah, it's, it's, Thomas Graham is something to watch for because like we, like you mentioned, like it's a question mark, right? Like Mm -hmm. who says Dosman Trufant isn't going to come in here and beat him out? Who says Artie Burns, Trey Roberson, you know, all those guys that we have, like it's open, it's open. So he's going to have opportunity and, and, Sheesh, man. I mean, that's it's just exciting Sheesh. because people, yeah, shell oh God. Oh, goodness <laughs> graciousness. You oh, said it Lord. up. You said I know. It up. I did set done. it up. Had to be I did set it up. Had but it's done. like, I feel like we've gotten accustomed somewhere, to this luxury. Somewhere KT just cringed out of her shoes. <laughs> KT, Jake Hassan's girlfriend, for those who don't know. Sorry, Jake. I had to make that known to the public. Is that okay? Are you guys officially public? Okay. If you don't follow me on Twitter, like, what? <laughs> Well, not everybody who listens to this show follows you on Twitter. If you don't, I don't know what you're doing. This man has hilarious content. I think, but oh I appreciate that. All right, I, I just want to ask you guys something though. Are you guys? Hold on, let me prepare myself. Are you guys? Com- be- okay, go. Oh. Yeah, I'm going. I'm going either way. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, are you guys comfortable with the cornerbacks as a whole, the group? No. <laughs> yeah, no, I would, no, I would say be. comfortable. Yeah, I'm, because I'm cautiously optimistic, like very yeah. cautiously optimistic. Yeah, I I just think there are a lot of unproven guys. And there if, are. You know what I mean? And after J, like Jalen Johnson, I'm confident. And after that, yeah. I mean, Thomas Graham, we've talked about. Like, I do think we'll be good. We just haven't seen it yet. And there's always that uneasy, you know, translation. But Artie Burns, I mean, he was a former first round pick too, right? I believe so. Yeah, he was. Yeah. Um, Desmond Trufant recently, like you turn on the tape, he's he was also a first round pick, wasn't he? Damn, that Desmond Trufant sure. was a bit ago. Desmond Trufant was a good player with the Falcons. People don't remember yeah. Desmond Trufant was yeah. a very good player. That injury, man. That was yeah, that he, wasn't he the one that brought up? Wasn't he the one that brought up that? Giant picture of his grandma when he got drafted. No, no, that's Tack McKinley. Or I think I, that was Tack McKinley. Desmond Trufant's older than that. That that grandma really? picture was Tack McKinley. Uh, I believe it was Tack McKinley about a few I, years. I remember ago. it was a Falcons player. So Trufant was a first rounder in 2013. Yeah, um, so the Bears. Have you noticed this trend of the Bears just acquiring first round? You know, veterans, guys who were former first rounders. They just. I mean, hey. They had, I mean, you if know, you can, you might as well. Heck, yeah. I mean, you might as well. But like. To Chris's point about the confidence, like, no, but I'm with Jake while cautiously optimistic because, like, Desmond Trufant has had it. Like, he he's a player who has done it. Like, Artie Burns never really did it at, at the highest level, really. Yeah. I, I don't know if Desmond Trufant ever made a Pro Bowl, but he was at that level where he could have been considered for that when he was with Atlanta, even in his last year. I mean, when 2019, before he went to Detroit, people were calling that a great pickup for Detroit, that Desmond Trufant pickup. Not, maybe not necessarily a great one, but a quality mm-hmm. pickup for them to pair alongside with Jeff Okuda, who was their third overall pick in 2020. 20 like it made sense for them and then you know something about detroit it ruins people i don't know so maybe he comes to chicago and he's rejuvenated i mean the part part of it as well is like i don't want to hate on detroit too much but i don't know if the players there were as inspired to play for matt patricia that year at all i mean let's just be fair right how inspired were they and then you look at the chicago bears and you look at their voluntary workout numbers and i think it was like 70 players or some crazy percentage. I think they were saying one of the highest percentages in recent years are showing up. Yeah. Like this is inspired football team. And that sole inspiration 
and just motivation can can turn a player back to their old form and, and you know set them a few years you know back or no a few years ahead like to where they used to be just because of how motivated they are turn to play. back the so, clock i believe is the term turn back the clock for. is the phrase i'm looking for boom so you know what i'm trying to say there though so you yeah. have some of those players like that who could be an example of that inspiration kicking in like Prince Mukamura, right? I'm, He's one guy. Well, and I think dude, I think Detroit's a perfect example of that because everyone knew Patricia was going to be fired by week five or six. Everyone knew Detroit was cooked. That coaching staff yeah. was cooked. They weren't going anywhere. So, I mean, yeah, I, I totally get that. Chris, you were going to say something. Yeah, I mean, like this conversation, it's not that – it's just we haven't seen – you know, there's a lot of unproven, a yeah. little, little uncertainty. So, I like, know. Trey Roberson could completely go off and, like, we're just laughing at this conversation. You know what I mean? So, <laughs> I see what you Right, we haven't seen anything. And to circle back to one of the comments uh, about Jalen Johnson, he's good. Is he number one good? I get that. That's a valid concern. He was injured to end the year. He looked great. And the thing is, clearly the Bears think of him as a number one. And he should certainly flash that potential. Now, can that shoulder hold up for a full 17-game slate? That remains to be seen. I don't know. Obviously, we can't, you know, we don't know what his rehab has been like. We don't know if he's been strengthening that shoulder, how that's been going. Um, and, and, you know, all those guys have injury concerns. So it, I'm cautiously optimistic because the talent, the raw talent on paper is there. Yeah. Can it be brought together? I mean, between Johnson, between Trufant, between Graham, between Burns, there's a lot of talent Hildor. there. And then, you even, yeah, and then you bring in Vildor and Shelly and even Roberson. Like, you know, I, I believe in it. It's just now you got to see it come to action. And, the you know, Desai is going to want to get after the quarterback. That's the Vic Fangio school of thought. So you're going to see those guys blitz. And Kyle Fuller was really, really good at that. So was Bryce Callahan. So it, you got to figure out which of those guys can do that, obviously. And you got to go from there. And I think Johnson, I don't think Johnson's ever going to be a blitzer. I think he's going to be that put you on an island guy. Yeah. But if yeah. one of these guys can become one of those blitzers, can become a Bryce Callahan, a Kyle Fuller type of guy, well, nobody's going to be a Kyle Fuller type of guy, but have that ability to, you know, blitz from the outside as a mm-hmm. corner. Maybe that's Roberson. Maybe that's what he brings to the table. Maybe that's what Graham does. Maybe that's, you know, you have enough guys where you're in a position to say, okay, he can do that. He can do that. He can do that. Now let's figure out how to get him in a rotation where it all works together. And yeah, sure, that's not the best. That's probably not the best plan to have. Obviously, you'd like to have guys that can do all of them. But if you have guys that can do the individual things, you can make it work. And yeah, you'll get cooked a couple times by an Aaron Rodgers or Patrick Mahomes. But for the most part, I believe you can make that work. You know, you're not playing an MVP type of quarterback every single week. Yeah. Yeah, I'm not worried about it. And the other thing no. too is like you're gonna you're you're gonna set in nickel packages and dime packages where you know four or five of those guys will be in there. You know, so yeah, we'll right. see what, what 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 some of those guys can do right off the bat. And that's when you talk about you look at that like Thomas Graham could get reps week one. You know, if they run a package where okay, we're gonna send you off the edge in a nickel package or a dime package, Thomas Graham, you're blitzing the quarterback, which is rare. Like corner blitzes don't mm-hmm. happen that frequently. Um, but you know, you, you may see it happen. So. It's like it's kind of like other areas of the team as well, where it's like there are unknowns, but there's reasons to be optimistic. And it's just, you know, will they develop? Will they, you know, get progress over training camp and up to week Mm -hmm. one? And that I think that sheer, you know, openness for excitement is like it or openness for improvement. I guess what I'm trying to say is exciting, right? Because, you know, you have young players there, you know, you have guys who can do it. Will they do it? Well, that's what we'll find out in the next few months. But at least you know they 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 have talented players on the roster and guys who show a little bit of promise. So sure. All right, I want to wrap up the rookie mini camp talk before we get to our segment. <clears throat> out of you know because in those all everything you read from mini camp, Larry Borum was also mentioned. Mm-hmm. And why can't I think of the kid from Virginia Tech? Khalil um, Herbert. Khalil Herbert. They were also mentioned as guys that could be contributors. Borum's probably going to be battling with a Fetty for the right tackle position. And Herbert is probably going to be on special teams as a returner of some sort, either punt or kick or both. Um, out of everyone, Fields, Jenkins, Borum, Herbert, Newsom, Grant. How many do we think start week one? And I'll, and I'll consider, for the case of Herbert, I will consider kick return, punt return as a starter if he's taking the first one. First punt or kick return. Three. 
Okay, three. So Fields, Jenkins, and Herbert as a returner. As a sheer starter, I'm, I got to go those three. I mean, I would okay. love to say Des Newsom will be a starter week one, but I think Anthony Miller for this moment, it'll be sure. Miller, uh, Robinson, and, and Mooney, of course, week one. So you said you said as a punt or kick returner, it counts, right? Yeah. So um, Des could get in there as a punt returner. Theoretically. Yeah, I'll go ahead, Khalil. Three. I'll go three. But you got Daz as the third? Yeah. Okay, so Daz instead of Khalil as the returner. Mm-hmm. All right. That's pretty I, good. That's pretty yeah, good. Yeah, no, for sure. And and that's and from week one, yeah. I think you get I think you get Jenkins, obviously. Mm-hmm. I do think you get Herbert. And I'm going to say Graham's the third one. I oh, think really? I think Graham, yeah. there's a real – because here's the, my thing with Graham. Like and I, I alluded to it earlier. Burns – and Roberson and Trufant are in the same position of learning Sean Desai's play calls, learning Sean Desai's designs. Thomas Graham Jr. has been out here week one of rookie minicamp the first three days and said, That's oh, yeah, fair. oh, yeah, I, I recognize some of the, I, I recognize most of these. I recognize a lot of these designs. I know where this guy's supposed to go. I know what that guy's supposed to do. That puts him pretty far ahead, in my opinion, of what – those guys, you know, mm-hmm. Robertson and and great other veterans, maybe they'll pick it up faster. But if Thomas Graham Jr. is already saying, okay, I'm this confident in myself that, oh, yeah, yeah, okay, got it, got it, got it. I think there's a real shot. You see him as the nickel guy or the slot guy. Yeah. Or both. One of the, you know, I, I think there's a real opportunity there. No, 100%. That's a good point. I, you know what? I don't know. I, I really do. I really do want to change my answer to four now. With Graham? Yeah. Yeah. Do it, Chris. Do it. Yeah, I'll go four. All right. <laughs> but yeah, still, I mean, like Kevin said, that's pretty good. That's pretty damn that's, good. That's amazing for yeah. having no third and fourth round picks. <laughs> yeah. You're talking about, we're we're talking not about even, two six-rounders as starters. Yeah. We're not even including Borum in there. Yeah. yeah and Borum could start. Oh, I mean, God. I don't know. It's stretch, but. Is Man, it? that that's exciting. No. It, it, maybe I it's I not. Think Borum's a stretch, dude. I, I think I think Ifedi Borum is a toss-up. I really do. I I mean, I don't okay. know. You know what I mean? Like I just wait. I I, I you're not paying Ifedi two and a half million dollars is not keeping you from starting yeah. Larry Borum if yeah. he's better. Granted, they did say he needs to bulk up a little bit more. I think he lost like thirty pounds prior to the yeah, draft, and Juan Castillo yeah. wants to wants him to put on I think ten more. I believe okay. is what he said. So I mean. That's fine. Vets getting beat in camp by six rounders. Yeah, but you got to consider who these guys are, too. You know, they've had injury histories and also injuries happen in camp, too. I mean, you got to consider that as well. So, you know, it it doesn't, it doesn't, granted, it doesn't say a lot about the current roster. There's been a lot of roster turnover and there's, and maybe, you know, it's rookie minicamp. We might be being wildly optimistic about some of these guys. That's true. But, but also, you know, the Bears cut a vet so Jenkins could start. They didn't bring anybody in because they believed mm. in the quality of return guys in the draft, you know? So it's not like they're beating a ton of guys out in some instances, Jenkins, he's saying, all right, it's yours. Herbert or Newsom. All right. It's yours. If you want it, you know, cause we don't know what Tariq Cohen's going to be as far as returner, or if they're even going to let him return. And then, you know, and Graham, I'm just saying on a whim because I just believe that mental aspect is going to give him an edge as far as the familiarity with the coaching schemes. But that's just me. I mean, I, I think, you know, that number could go up, you know, by week eight. You know, Borum could be in there week yeah. eight. Newsom could be in there. So it, it could go up. It could be down. We could be completely wrong. It could be just one. It could just be Jenkins for all we know. So who knows? Mm-hmm. I think we're guaranteed one. We're guaranteed Tevin yeah. Jenkins to start. So, you know, even yeah. that's just decent. Uh-huh. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> all right, let's get to our segment. We are yes, going good. to play a new little game. Kevin had the idea of let's play a little Bears trivia. You know, offseason, you can only talk about the rookies so much. You know, you can only go through. Oh, actually, wait, before we get this up in really quickly, I want to talk about that soft boy, Jalen Ramsey. Oh, my God. Oh, just can't can't handle the smoke on Twitter from Bears fans roasting him for getting cooked by Darnell Mooney last year. And this, I mean, softer than the other side of the pillow saying on instagram yeah there it is can't wait till week one so all the bears fans can shut up about their number two wide receiver 
All it's right. funny because they know better. Yeah, we dude, we have you on film getting your ankles broken. <laughs> yes. It's who are like go argue with the sky, dude. Like it's on video. Yeah. I don't know. He's soft. He's been soft. That guy complains so much. Yeah, I'm I'm not I'm not I'm really not sure what he's mad at. Like it's just he got cooked. That yeah, he, he well, yeah, he's mad about being cooked. Well, it's like Jalen Ramsey's one of the best in the game, and everybody knows that. But, like, we're talking about one specific play where you got cooked. Like, you don't have to argue against that. Like, everybody knows you got toasted. We have it. You got caught in 4K, and you're still one of the best of the game. So there's no reason for you to be upset. But come week one, you're getting toasted again. So those ankles <laughs> better be ready because Darna Moody's taking them off of you, all right? I'm and sorry. with a better quarterback, too. Well, I don't. If it's, I mean, if, if it's Dalton, regardless, it, it's a better right. It was, yeah. Yeah. It's regardless on that play. So. But if it's Fields, ooh, baby, we thought something. <laughs> right. So either way, you're getting a better quarterback too that could fake you out with his eyes too. Yeah. So. Yeah, Jalen we'll Ramsey, see. argue with the wall, dude. Kick yeah, rocks. They, they, you're mad at you're, you're mad at yourself, and that's okay. Um, <laughs> all right, let's get to this segment. Uh, Kevin came up with the idea. We're gonna do some trivia. We're gonna do a little bit of a, a guess that player. You know, guess that bear. We each came up with three to four guys. We had one as a safety net in case we somehow cross wires here as far as picking the same guy. Um, so, Kevin, since it's your segment, I will let you introduce it and lead it. All right. So, like Jake said, guess the player. So, we're going to have a little fun here. So, like Jake said, we came up uh, each with three. So, I guess I'll go with mine first. And I, I did mine on level. So, we got an easy, medium, hard. We'll start with some easy. Okay. We don't want to jump straight into the fire. I got some hard ones coming up. Uh, easy one here. A little bit of a softball. Let's see if Jake can actually hit it this time. Uh, this Ooh. player led the NFL in hustle stops with 20 last season. It is a Chicago Bears player. All these are Chicago Bears players. Yeah. I told you it's a softball. What's the answer? So what what qualifies as a hustle stop, just for people who don't know, including myself? I believe it's – I don't want to know the exact metric, um, but it's – I think it's when you run a certain amount of yardage across the field to make a play or something. I don't know exactly so, uh, what it okay. is. So it's a so defensive this, so statistic. This, okay, so this would be by like a defensive back – Theoretic, theoretically, not necessarily defensive player. I can't give you too many hints. Or, or, or linebacker. One. Okay. Okay. This? Oh, Roquan Smith. Just, yes. Chris, did you know that from the back? Yeah, I saw that. I know. Softball. We saw that it went viral, but that's that's impressive. And I wanted to, I wanted to use that as my easy one because that that's I think the next best person at seventeen. I mean, that's just it. And it, it just exhibits how fast this guy is on the field, how much ground he can cover, and just how relentless he is. I mean, hustle stops like. He, it says it in the, the stat. He hustles, man, and he doesn't stop. So I love it. So that was my easy one. We'll go to we'll go to Chris next. All right, all right. You guys ready? Now let's do it. All right. I I just picked three semi-hard ones. All right. So okay, okay. All right. So born in Lubbock, Texas. Oh, jeez. All right. Attended the University of Texas before getting drafted to the Bills in 2013. Holy smokes. Attending the University of Texas before getting drafted to the Bills in 2013. Oh, man. Okay, well, uh, wow. So he's a veteran. He's yeah. a, he's an he's, he's a eight-year veteran now. Um, um, Texas veteran Bills. Is it is, – is it Tayshawn Gibson? No. Uh-oh. Tayshawn played in Jacksonville. I know that, but I didn't know no. if he played it, it with the Bills beforehand. Um, oh, man, this is really hard. Jeez. Is, yeah, is he? This was hard. This was a little bit hard. Is he a starter? No. Okay, well, that makes, that makes it a little bit harder. All right, off- um, offense. Offensive player. Offensive player, not a starter. Um, <laughs> well, I'm going to take a shot in the dark. Was it Jermaine Fetty? No, Durant Fetty's too young. I, I don't think he's Damian Williams for that long. No, no, yeah. Damian Williams is also too young. Now you're just oh. now Jake's just firing yeah, up. No, 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 just throwing people out there. Um, why I'm blanking on the the wide receiver room because I I think it's got to be a wide receiver. Uh, but actually it can't be. All of our guys are too young. It can't be a wide receiver. Um, sure, you sure? Uh who so uh free who do wait who's the other wait, guy wait, wait, who's wait, the other wait, guy wait, wait, wait is this an active roster player yes 
Why wouldn't it be an active roster player? Like it's not like a practice squad person. It, yeah, it's an active player. Okay. Yeah. Was he recently? Someone said Javon Wynn. <laughs> <laughs> was he recently signed to the Bears? He was. I'm blinking. Who was Recently? it? I'm blinking. Oh my god! I know there's people listening to this podcast right now thinking these guys screaming, are freaking idiots, yeah. man. They're they're screaming the answer in their cars and their drive to the morning to their to their work. Get get. We can't figure it out. Lay it on us. Who is it? Marquise Goodwin. Dude, I was gonna say Goodwin, but I thought that guy was younger. I thought Goodwin was in. No, San good, 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 Goodwin. Goodwin's been around for a while. He's yeah. been in the league, man. Yeah, he's been in the wow. league. Wow. Yeah. Um, wow. Oh, yeah, I should have cool. discussed it. I, Damn, I'm, man. Man. I'm, I'm mad because that was a little hard, huh? Yeah, dude. <laughs> I think I think I no. Well, yeah, uh, just, I really didn't give you guys any Chris, help. No. I was 13 years old in 2013, so I, you know, I, I don't know, like. But Jake, let's get to yours. We're running no. out of time. All right, yeah. All right, so um, mine are guys that you should. I, I and we'll get to my. So I'll start with uh, this one. Uh, this Bears defensive back has been with the team since 2016. He was actually a key part in two Bears wins of 2020, one of which he had an interception in, against Carolina, against Teddy Bridgewater. Deion Bush. No. DeAndre Houston Carson. Yes. Yes. Oh, I knew man. it was one of those two. I, yeah. I knew it was one of those two. I would he not. came up with the I, I see because I knew Deion Bush would always come in and get INT. He, he, he also had the fourth down breakup against Tom Brady and the Bucks the week prior to that interception. He did. That's a good that was a good one. Yeah, Houston Carson steps in clutch, man. I mean, he's a valuable asset, right? He's I been, mean he's been a very valuable asset. He's, he's also a good special teamer. Mm-hmm. For sure, and when you think sure. you know, we didn't even bring this up, I, mean, I guess it's not significant news, but they lost Sheriff McMahon as one of the best special teamers in the yeah. game, you know, and a capable he, nickel. And a very capable nickel. I mean, when he came in, that dude would make plays, man. He would make plays. All right. Um, this one might be easy for Chris because Chris knows this college stuff, man. Like he just yeah, knows everything. He so I have a feeling Chris is going to get this immediately, but I'll do it anyway. This player initially committed to Penn State as a recruit in high school, but did He's not sure end up going this. there. He also played baseball in high school. Penn State. He initially committed to Penn State, decommitted, did not end up going to Penn State. I will give you one more hint. He was a five-star recruit in high school. He played baseball as well. Five-star recruit. Did he stay in the Big Ten? I can't answer that question. Okay, so that's a yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Eventually, he did. Oh, is it Fields? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I, I, I gave it away by saying eventually. I, I knew, I knew what. Well, no, when you said once you started laughing after I asked the big tech, because I had, a, I knew you were going to go Fields at some point. So I, I was crazy expecting him to. I was. Did, I did was you know that? Did you really commit to Penn State? No, I knew that, but I was thinking like, I'm like, there's no way he's going to pick Fields like that. Is, <laughs> like I, when I was when I was writing my list, I was like, he's going to do Fields. It's just not. I had to. I had to. He's our guy. Damn. All right, what you got, Chris? Okay. Um, this is, I use the same method. So born in Washington, DC, attended the university of Florida and was drafted by the lions in the second round in 2017. Drafted by the lions in the second round of 2017. Um, holy smokes. Born in DC and went to the university of Florida. Born in DC, went to the university of Florida. It's going to be so obvious. I'm going to hate it. It probably will be obvious. Um, um, played for Detroit. Come on. Christian Jones? No. Christian Jones isn't a bear anymore. He's been a bear for years, you weird. Didn't they just resign him, or who it, am it, I thinking of? Yeah. Yeah, they just resigned him, dude. Oh, my God. Where I'm have the you been? Oh, my God. Yeah. Where they the hell Christian have Jones? you been, guy? Yeah, dude. See, Man, I was I've been getting so caught up in, in the rookie excitement that I forgot about them signing. This Christian was before Jones. the draft, you doofus. Whatever. I'm using that as an excuse. An answer, guys? I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Oh, I'm thinking. Okay. I'm thinking. Um DC to Florida to Detroit. God, I mean, I am lost in the second round pick. Sauce. Second round pick in 2017. That's not that long. Okay, so that's Mitch's draft. Yeah, right. Um yeah. So he had, so this player had to come over relatively recently. I assume he wasn't cut in Detroit. 
too quickly. Um, but he definitely had a downfall of his career. Oh, oh guys, no, no, one no, more no, hit. No. One more hint. He's a defense yeah. back. He's a defensive back. Well, it's not Artie Burns, and it's not Dre Roberson, it's not Duke Shelley, and no, it's not Shelley, and it's not Jalen Johnson, Milder. and it's 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 who's the one yeah, guy I, we're missing? I think these were too hard. These were <laughs> <laughs> these were way Who, too. Hard. I just I I must I I I'm I'm running through all the names. There's a cornerback we're missing, and the one guy we're missing is him. Who did we? Who did we just? Who do, who is T-Saber. it? Saber. Who? T Saber. I've never heard that name in my life, dude. He was a phenom in in. in I'm telling you right now. Chris, I'm telling you right now. I've never heard that name in my life. Wait, wait, who is it? Wait, Tease Tabor. You never heard of Tease Tabor? I've never heard that name in my life. That the Lions drafted. That you know he was. Wait, he was. This guy's a Chicago Bear. He's a Chicago Bear. T Saber. His name is T Saber. Yep. Like like T E E. T T E E Z Tabor. Tease Tabor. T- oh, Tease Tabor. Oh, I thought you were saying like T Saber, like lightsaber. Yeah, that's I like, what yeah. I heard too. Dude, I could, I, I, I would probably imagine ninety eight percent of the fan base totally forgot Tease Tabor was a real person yeah, on the roster. <laughs> like I, yeah, I, I didn't think this through. No, right. no, no. I respect it. I mean, I respect, yeah, I respect the that. challenge. All right, I, I want to get my last one in here because we're up against the clock. Um, all right, this Bears player. Recorded 23 reps on the bench press at the 2014 Combine. More than 21 defensive linemen, including the number one overall pick, Jadavion Clowney. 2014? Mm-hmm. Is it Mario Edwards? Mm-mm. 2014, 23 bench press reps. Klumak wasn't drafted that year. Akeem Hicks was drafted in 2012. Mm-hmm. Robert Quinn? Nope. Robert Quinn was drafted before that, I believe. Okay, okay, okay. We're getting there. We're getting there. Is it, is it, is it, is it, um, okay. He also repped more than every single wide receiver there. Wait, I thought you said, oh, wait, so it's not a defensive tackle. Okay, okay. He, he repped more than every single defensive oh, tackle, okay. including okay. Jadavian Clowney, and more than 21 defensive tackles and every wide receiver. Okay. This is I, – I remember them talking about this. I remember them talking about this. 2014 draft pick of the Bears. 2014. Oh, drafted by the Bears. Oh, drafted Pat O'Donnell. The- Pat O'Donnell. Yep. Let's go. Oh, Let's go. God. I knew it. I remember that. I remember oh, that. I was oh, like, I remember that. so familiar. Isn't that crazy, bro? If More than Jadavion Clowney. That's unbelievable. That is actually unreal. The, the actual – so it was 23 reps more than Jadavion Clowney and 21 other defensive linemen, more than every single wide receiver and more than 19 running backs. Unbelievable. Wow. Wild. I, wow. All right, I got one more real quick. One more real quick because right, I right, think right. this is crazy. This is God mode. You will, I don't know if you would know this. This player, after being drafted by the Chicago Bears, seriously considered getting a tattoo of Al Capone on his body because oh, of I his love this. for mob movies. He seriously considered getting a tattoo after being drafted by the Bears, a tattoo of Al Capone, because he loves mobsters and he loves mob movies. This player also does it. play defense. If you know this, I don't know why you would know it, but I figured I'd throw it out there. For those who want to learn a little bit of information, and in case you guys remember crazy facts and you're good at trivia, I remember and eventually, this. 30 years from now, you guys will be part of like a Bears trivia thing, and this question will win you $100. Was it Eddie Goldman? No, it was not Eddie no. Goldman. Um, but I'll, I'll give you a hint because – Actually, I won't give you a hint. He he He's a defensive back. Was it Eddie Jackson? It was Eddie Jackson. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, isn't that crazy, dude? That's awesome. <laughs> That's so awesome. I wish he got the tattoo. That would have been awesome. Be if you got a tattoo of maybe that, maybe that was going to be his celebration that we never got to see last he year. He really learned something new every day, huh? It'd be like dude, that. That might have been. Jake might be onto something. Maybe might, his might celebration was going to be something like that. Might I mean, I don't know how you would celebrate of... that, but there's got to be a way. There you go. Um, the more you know. Damn. That was fun, man. That was awesome. That was awesome. All right. Well, we did a we did a lot today. We broke down all the rookies, broke down the mini camp, played a fun little game that we'll probably bring back at some point on a slow news week. This is a good time. And you know what? It's always a good time. It's always a good time around here at Bears Nation Podcast. We have we have fun here. We have a good time. <laughs> always. But uh, this concludes another episode. You know, good stuff. We'll be back next week, of course. Same place, same time, eight p.m. Wednesday. 
We'll have more to talk about, I'm sure, as we start to learn more about these rookies, as we start to learn more about the coaching staff. Justin Fields' mania is going to continue. And if not, we'll just keep running back segments. We got segments everywhere. We got. I, got, I feel like Kevin texts every day about a new segment. So come back. We're always going to have something fresh, something new. We're always going to have something to talk about because we're Bears fans, and we're here to talk about it, break it apart. So for myself, for Chris, and for Kevin, thank you for listening. Thank you for watching and commenting. Tommy Polson, I owe you a beer because you commented, came in and hung out. So to everyone, thank you. We will see you next week. This has been Bears Nation Podcast. Bear down.